Hello, this is Dwayne McCurry. I'm the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible, and this week we're being joined again by David Briscoe. This is David's, I think this is your fourth time to be with us this summer, isn't it, David? Fourth time, yeah. David and I are going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 16, and 23 through 31. This is going to be the last session we have on the book of Proverbs. We'll start looking at Song of Songs uh, for sessions 12 and 13. But this is one of the more familiar passages. It's about the virtuous woman or the worthy wife, multiple ways this is titled. Uh, The outline that we're following for this particular lesson has four breaks in the outline. Point number one is that there's a commitment to her husband. And that comes out of verses 10 through 12. In those passages, Lemuel characterized the excellent wife as one who has gained the trust of her husband knowing that she is committed to helping him succeed all of her days. The second point in the outline is verses 13 through 16, and we've entitled that particular section, Wise in Her Work. Lemuel pointed to the savviness and prudence of the wife who wisely provides for the needs of her family. The third section is verses 23 through 27, and the title for that section is Sure in Her Reputation. Here, Lemuel described the excellent wife as carrying influence in the community out of respect for her character. He emphasized that she spoke and taught wisdom. The last section, verses 28 through 31, is entitled Honoring Through Fearing God. Here, Lemuel noted that the excellent wife is honored by her husband, children, and others. Her honor comes as a result of her honoring God or fearing Him. Once again, that theme of fearing God is seen here in Proverbs 31. David, we know there are people who are going to be teaching either a men's class, singles class, co-ed class. What are some tips to help them teach this particular lesson out of Proverbs 31? Well, up front, I think it's important that we acknowledge that this text, like any text, centers on, it, it, it has the context. And so in this context of Proverbs 31, it is centered on a, a noble, excellent, even an ideal wife and mother. Uh, that's the context in the scripture. But the principles that are involved here, the character qualities that are relevant uh, for this uh, noble wife are significant and important for all people. Uh, so, for example, if you look at those four divisions of the text that you uh, went through just a moment ago, they are a commitment. Uh, it's wisdom in work. It's being respected in your reputation. It's fearing God. Well, that's not, those are not qualities that are just applicable uh, to a woman and, and a wife in particular. It's good for all of those us. Those are good for all of us. In fact, it, it's important for us all to ask ourselves, well, okay, what does this, uh, what does this say to me if I'm uh, a husband, or if I am a uh, a child, or if I am a, a single adult? Uh, so, in discussing each of these areas as you move through the text itself, I'd say first of all, you know, keep it in its uh, context, but then in application, let's apply this to ourselves and to the uh, situations that we're in in life? What would this principle look like for if, if I'm a husband, father, a friend, or something along that way? Uh, but then I would also say that particularly uh, maybe toward the end that certainly you would, uh, one way of applying this text 
is for uh, men, women, children, uh, whomever, to think of Christian women uh, who have influenced you by excelling in these areas. And so the, the follow-up to that would be, well, well, what can you do to encourage and honor uh, those women? Because uh, they are important to the life of a family, uh, to the life of a community, uh, that wives and, and women be uh, of character like this. In Proverbs 31, we're introduced to Lemuel as the contributor here. Who is Lemuel? Okay. Well, in short, we don't know a lot about who he is because he only appears in all of Scripture. It's, it's right here uh, that the, the name even is presented to us. But uh, just little bits that we find out, he was uh, apparently a king. Uh, but he most likely was not an Israelite king since he is not mentioned in any of the uh, historical materials, First uh, and Second Kings, and so forth, where those kings of Israel and Judah are mentioned. Uh, we never have the mention of one whose name is Lemuel or Lemuel. But now, of course, this, this might be a nickname for one of those Israelite kings. Uh, the name itself, Lemuel, means to or for God or, uh, in essence, belonging to God. So, you know, if that's a nickname, then it could, of course, be one of those kings, but there's nothing else really that don't, makes us think that that's an Israelite. Don't some people think that this is a nickname for Solomon even? Yes, uh-huh, okay. right. Uh, it, it could be as well, and, and I've seen this suggestion before, that uh, Lemuel was a, a foreign king, uh, one of the kingdoms surrounding Israel, but he had become a convert to Israel's God, uh, perhaps through Solomon. And because he specifically mentions uh, the Lord or Yahweh in chapter 31, verse 30. So we know that he knows who Yahweh is, and he talks about how being right with the Lord uh, is one of those character traits that the, uh, the excellent or noble wife uh, displays. Whoever he is, he's not pagan. He is not, no, not in his, not in his views. And, and I'd say one other thing. We, we also know that he's, he's someone who took to heart the wisdom of his mother. Yeah. So you can't go wrong there. <laughs> what are some ways this passage is misunderstood and abused? Well, uh, again, to, to kind of touch back on what we started with, if you read or teach this passage uh, as kind of a, a rigid standard only for women, more specifically for wives, uh, then you've limited God's Word and its application, and you risk implying that this part of God's Word then has nothing to say uh, to men or to single adults uh, or to uh, children of, of noble uh, mothers and so forth. So it, it's possible uh, that you can take this passage of Scripture and you can use it as an unfair kind of legalistic set of expectation on every woman, on every wife, that, okay, every wife, this is your standard. Checkbox. This is the checkbox as well. Um, and so uh, these verses, uh, 31, 10 through 31, in, in, include some specific kinds of activities that the ideal wife not only does, but she excels at it. 
so you, you don't want to use this as a, uh, a legalistic hammer in, uh, to say, well, you're not like this, are you? Or you don't live up to all of this, do you? Uh, because that's not what Scripture is about anyway. It is to show us an example. It is to show us the characteristics, the qualities of a godly woman and a godly man and a godly child. Uh, but it, we, we don't need to misuse it as well. There's a lot in this in Proverbs 31 about work and about family. How can we help the people in our groups understand the balance between those two things of work and family? All right, uh, and and I think that's a uh, a relevant issue for us to think about uh, in our culture uh, that balance between work and family. So first, I think uh, and and this passage helps us to uh, I, I think helps us to. Uh, uh, come to grips with this, that, that God established both the family and the value of work at the beginning, at, at creation. And so in doing that, he did not intend for either of them to become detrimental to the other, but for both of them, our work and also our commitment to family, both of these uh, are needed to contribute to a full and meaningful life. We need them both. Uh, the second thing I'd say is that we need to uh, agree, and we can agree, that having a right relationship with God is uh, the starting point, is the foundation, really, for finding the right balance in, in this area, in our work and family, but in all areas of life. Uh, for example, the, the noble wife had an amazing work ethic. I think we'd all agree yeah. with that. Uh, but she also had this loving commitment to the well-being of her husband and children. So they're both there. Uh, and by the way, she also had uh, a, a commitment to those who were in her employ. Uh, she had servants who worked for her, and she had as much concern about them as she did for her own children. She was in no way one-dimensional. No, not at all. Uh, and she recognized the importance both of people working, but also uh, people enjoying the, uh, the fruit and the benefits of a loving family. And so all that she did, uh, and this is what's amazing about this woman, all she did, she did it for their benefit and for the honor of the Lord whom she served. We see a lot in this passage about conduct and character. What's the relationship between those two things, between conduct and character? Well, I, I think of those things uh, kind of like uh, if you, you think about electricity and an illuminated light bulb, where they're just that connected to one another. It, it's really, it's cause and effect, because who we are, that's our character, who we are always powers and shapes how we act. Uh, but now someone might ask, well, yeah, but what about the person who pretends to be someone he's not. Uh, well, we know people can do that, but here's what I would say to that. One, one who acts hypocritically, and that's what it means to pretend to be something or someone you're not, that's acting hypocritically. One who acts hypocritically in a consistent way is, guess what, a hypocrite. <laughs> right. Character and conduct go hand in glove. So uh, here, here's the truth about this. You know what? God, God knows really the truth because he sees 
our hearts as well as our actions. So we might get away with pretending to be something or someone we're not and, and fooling some people, but we won't fool God. Uh, and he knows who we really are. Uh, and he knows uh, that who we are really should uh, power, empower, and uh, guide what we do. Now, there's one, one caveat I've mentioned previously, and I'll mention it again. We all falter at times. We're sinners, saved by grace. But consistent character leads to increasingly consistent behavior. So as a believer, as someone whose heart and whose mind is geared toward loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, loving my neighbor as myself, as, as Jesus said, the, the two commands that sum up the whole law and the prophets, uh, if that's consistent, if I consistently love God, then that's going to impact my behavior. It's going to become more consistent if the character is there. So this is going to be simplistic, but if we focus on our relationship with God, then all the other things will fall in place. That's, I believe that with all my heart. Any other key thoughts or any other ideas that you would share with us from Proverbs 31, David? Well, I, I've made this emphasis before, and I would just underscore it again, because as amazing as this woman in Proverbs 31, this noble wife, as amazing as she uh, is pictured, uh, she's a human being. She's not perfect. Uh, none of the human characters in Scripture are perfect. We all have our flaws. But her character was shaped by her fear of the Lord. Uh, that's, that's what uh, Lemuel says at the very conclusion of that poem, that it's, it's her fear of the Lord. And that's why she was a, that's why she was a, a praiseworthy individual. Uh, and, and that's why uh, that the husband who has such a dedicated Christian wife is really a blessed husband. Uh, a, children that have a dedicated Christian mother like this are most blessed, uh, but neither our moms, our wives, nor we are perfect. We're saved by God's grace, and um, if our relationship with him is correct, is right, then that leads to an increasingly consistent behavior. David, thank you for sharing with us today. Next week, we'll begin a two-week study, The Song of Songs. Uh, G.B. Howell, who is the editor of Biblical Illustrator, will be joining me for those two weeks. So you can look forward to hearing him as we deal with those, uh, those two sessions. Before we go, I just want to remind you that in the fall, just a few weeks away, the fall of 2020, you're going to see some changes in the Explore the Bible resources. Uh, you're going to find a refreshed a cover design, a few tweaks in the layout of the personal study guide and the daily discipleship guide. Um, those are done so that it's easier to read what's in those two resources and also gives us additional space to include more commentary. And you're also going to find a few changes in the leader guide. You can get a look at these enhancements by clicking on the sample tab on our webpage at goexplorethebible.com. Now, when you click on that tab, that sample tab, you're going to be asked for an email to get the samples, but we promise to be good stewards of that email. 
Thank you for listening today and know that we pray for you and hope you do the same for us, that God will give us wisdom as we create the Explore the Bible studies.